So I am pretty confident that at some point in my life, I did something to make God really upset. Because I'm not also in youth ministry, but I'm in children's ministry. Um, children's ministry is extremely difficult. It, it is extremely hard. There is a special reward when you get to heaven if you ever served in a children's ministry before. Um, this week, I, I'm in service, and I'm, I'm talking, and there is this kid about five years old sitting in the front row. And he is talking the entire time while I'm trying to give this message. And it was really weird because I, I hear him and words are coming out of his mouth, but I can't understand anything that he's saying. Now, he's not foreign, and so I'm like, am I having a stroke? Like, what is going on with me right now? Why can't I understand what this kid is saying? And then I hear another kid speaking, and I realize, okay, it's not me, it's this kid. But he wasn't speaking another language, and he's just speaking these words. And I'm like, do I have to take a demon out of this kid? Like, well, what? what is going on right now? What is going on? What's happening? And he just kept doing his thing, and I got through the message. But children's ministry is really difficult. Um, another time, we were in our small group, and actually some of the kids that were in that small group are in youth group now. Um, we were playing some games, and we, we were hanging out, and uh, there was this one kid who kept getting on my shoulders as I was um, giving, like, the small group lesson. And I would tell him, dude, get off my shoulders. I would take him off my shoulders, and I'd put him on the ground, and he would come back up on my shoulders. Now, by the third time, I, I was just getting angry and fed up with it. And we're in the basement, and there's some lower ceilings in the basement. And so I just stand up, and I start jumping towards the ceiling. And so I'm, like, this close to hitting the kid's head on the ceiling. And, and he's laughing now. All the kids in the room are laughing. And he's, like, he says something. And I, and I go, what? And I hear this little thing, like, I'm going to pee. And I'm like, what? What would you say? And so I do it again, and I said, and I, and I said, what'd you say? And he goes, I think I just peed. And I, was th- I threw that kid off my shoulders so quick, man. And that, that is a true story. Some of the kids in this room can tell you that that's true. But, man, I threw him off my shoulders so quick when that happened. Just one of the joys of being in children's ministry. Um, the great equalizer in children's ministry is candy and games. And so we give them a lot of candy so that they're all riled up for their parents. And we play a lot of games. And so one day we're playing red light, green light, one, two, three. Have you guys ever played that game before? It's a fun game, right? Classic. But as we were playing that, it reminded me. It kind of gave me a little bit of a picture of what my relationship with God was sometimes in my life. You know, It feels like sometimes I would make some progress and I would take some steps towards God. But then it seems like I would get caught by sin, by different things that were happening in my life. And I would have to take some steps back. So I would go on a winter retreat and I would experience God in some awesome ways. And it felt like I would take a huge step forward closer to God. But then I would get home and I would have a hard experience. Or I would struggle with sin. And it just felt like I took a step back then. And it constantly felt like I was in this cycle of taking steps forward and taking steps back in my relationship with God. Like this, this repetitive thing that kept happening. And like I could never actually take a full step forward without having to take one back. And I'm sure some of you guys know what that feels like. To always kind of be playing this game with God. It's almost like it feels like sometimes that he doesn't want us to get near him. I don't know if you felt like that, but I felt like that. Because I, I, I'm just so dirty because I'm so sinful. How could I get close to God? Because I just messed up so much in my life. How could he love someone so imperfect like me? And I think if we were real with ourselves tonight, that's something that we all feel deep down sometimes. Like we're in this cycle of taking steps towards God and then taking steps back. 
we don't feel like we could ever really change. Like things could ever really be different in our relationship with God. I'm sure some of you guys made some New Year's resolutions, right? That you're going to change some things in your life this year. That you're going to be a better brother, a better son, a better adversary to the evil that you have done. Did anyone catch that lyric? That was good, right? I worked on that. I was proud of that. And you guys want to be a better version of you. That this is finally going to be the year when you really spend time with God. The year that you actually get into his word and you spend some time praying. For some of you, this is the year that you shake that sin struggle that you've had for way too long. That thing that's just on you. You just want to get rid of that this year. You want to change. For some of you guys, it's something a little bit more practical. That you just want to be better at school this year. You're going to try harder. You're going to work harder. You just want to be a better person. You want to be more loving. There's something in you that you want to change. And we're going to see that God is going to be a huge part of that. No matter what area of your life it is. If you want to take a step forward in your life, if you want to bring change, lasting change that doesn't end up with a step back, that God is going to be a huge piece to that. Now, there's two groups of people in the room tonight. We have our optimists and our pessimists. Our optimists are dreamers, right? We believe that this is our year to really change, to really be different. We're going to knock off our checklist, but we spend a lot more time dreaming than we do doing sometimes, right? We have all these great plans that we're going to accomplish and how we're going to make our lives look so different, but we spend more time dreaming than doing. You're the kind of person who, when the the lotto was going around, even though you guys don't play the lotto because you're too young, but you're the kind of person that dreams about that, right? Like what you would do if you would win. And you think that you would win because you're such an optimist. And you plan out all the ways um, that you would spend that money. That is what it's like to be an optimist, to think that it's going to work out for you and that you're going to be able to change. And then there's the pessimist in the room who look at everyone else saying that they're going to change and you would tell everyone, no, you're going to stay exactly the same. Things aren't going to be different. I'm not even going to bother making New Year's resolutions because I know my life is going to stay the same and it's just going to keep happening. Now, whether you're an optimist or a pessimist in the room tonight, there is something that goes beyond that that we're going to talk about. And if you're a follower of Jesus tonight, his love and who he is for us gives us the ability to change. No matter what um, you're set up to be, you can go beyond that tonight if you're a Christian. No matter how you feel deep down, you need to shake that. And if you're an optimist, man, it's time to just stop just dreaming. It's time to start doing. And if you're a pessimist, it's time to see that God is working in your life and there's great power in him. And that he can help you change in the ways that you want to. What would you attempt this year, guys? What would you attempt to change this year if you knew 100% that God was with you? What is too scary tonight to bring before God? What do you feel like is just too big? Like I said before, for some of you guys, it's just that sin struggle. You feel like that this is it forever. I'm never going to be free. But the truth is that God really is with us tonight. And when you kind of hear a question like that, you, hear, you say, all right, maybe if I knew 100% that God was with me, then I know I could beat this thing. Well, he is 100% with you. You're just not living like it. You're not believing it. You're not living that out in faith. And when you hear it like that, doesn't it just seem like we could do anything to know that God is 100% with you and willing to help you change in whatever you want to change? 
that the same power that lived in Jesus lives inside of you? What could be too hard to change in your life tonight? I want you guys to think about that as, as we go deeper tonight. We talk about this change. What is that thing for you? And I know the Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to some of you guys. He's already done it as I've been speaking for some of you guys. And it's going to happen for other of you guys later on in the message. But what is it that's too big that you feel like is too big for God? And the enemy always tells us, right, that this is it. This is the pattern for our life. That there is no uh, being set free. No matter what Joey says tonight, no matter how good he makes it look, you're stuck like this. And as soon as we face some opposition in our life, we give up really, really quick, right? As soon as it gets harder, you know, we decide we're going to change, and then day one happens. And there's that same old temptation. And we try and resist it, but we give right back in. And as soon as we do that, what does the enemy tell you? That you're a failure. That it's like this forever. That things will never change. And my prayer is that I can bring some breakthrough to that lie for a lot of you guys tonight. And so we're going to look at two portions of Scripture. The first portion of Scripture is going to be what God says about change for us tonight. And I pray that you guys would get a different perspective on what God wants to change and how He wants to change you tonight through this scripture. And the second part is what we need to do tonight to take those steps forward, lasting steps that don't result in us stepping back. Because our perspective of God is so important. I want to read you guys this. In all that I do, am I acting like a slave who is afraid of God or like a child who is assured of my father's love? See, I think this question is so important when it comes to change. Our perspective on God is so important because some of you guys are acting like slaves today instead of children. No wonder you can't change. It's because you beat yourself up every time you sin and you feel like God hates you when you sin. Man, if that is your perspective of God, it is going to be so difficult for you to change. But if you can see yourself as a son, as a daughter tonight, I think it will make change a lot more easier. Knowing that his love for you doesn't rest in your performance. But he loves you regardless of that. And so, here's what's at stake tonight. If, if you guys miss out on what I got to say, then... I almost can guarantee that this year will be just like last year. That you'll give in to the same things, the same patterns will happen in your life. Now, we're in the beginning of the new year right now, and it, and it seems like the right thing for a pastor to do to give a new year's message, right, on, on how we can change. Because I believe this deep down, that every single person in this room, that you could change. That you could be that better version of yourself that you want to be. That God is calling you to be. It's not just a gimmick at this time of the year, but it's really possible for you. And God could do this in your life. And if you're not a Christian in the room tonight, I want you to know that there is a God who loves you. And maybe life isn't, hasn't been working out all the ways that you want it to work out. And it's been difficult where you can find real acceptance and love in a father tonight. And these verses are for you tonight too, if you would just put your trust in him. And so we're going to be first in Isaiah chapter 43. I read these verses a little bit on our winter retreat, but I wanted to go a little bit deeper into them tonight. We'll start right in verse 18. It says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. 
Now this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And he tells the people, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And God says the same thing to you guys tonight. See, so many of you guys are walking in 2016 tonight, but your mind is still in 2015. You're still partially living in 2015. You're caught up on something that happened over the course of that year. Something difficult, maybe something you did, and it feels like it's got you trapped tonight. It feels like that memory is never going to go away. Well, God would say this to you tonight. Forget that thing. Forget that thing that has so wrapped you up, that has so um, brought so much pain to your life. Forget that thing. Do not dwell on the past. See, guys, if you really want to change in 2016, then you need to leave 2015 behind and stop looking back. How awesome is it that God tells us that he forgets what's behind. That he wipes away our sins like we sang a little bit earlier. That he no longer remembers these things. So if God doesn't remember them, why should we keep playing them over and over? Why should we let them affect our 2016, guys? If you want to change in 2016, then you need to leave 2015 behind and stop looking back. Because if you do, you'll be stuck there. And real change won't be able to happen in your life. I'm sure a lot of you guys got some new clothes for Christmas, right? You got some, some cool new outfits and stuff that you're wearing. It's like, for some of you guys, you're still wearing your old clothes from 2015, even though you've got all these new clothes for 2016. You're still putting on your beat-up pair of jeans, even though you have a new pair of jeans in the closet. You're still wearing those old shirts that have holes in them when you have some new shirts. And God has given you all these gifts. Stop putting on the old stuff. You can wear those new clothes. But some of you feel too ashamed to put on the new clothes. You don't feel like you deserve it. Well, Jesus was put on a cross so that you could walk in this new life. There was a price paid. You just didn't pay it. Jesus paid it for you. So you can put on that without any shame or guilt tonight. Stop putting on those old clothes and move ahead. Let's go to verse 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? One of my um, favorite songs growing up was by a band, Delirious. And one of the lyrics to their songs that we used to sing at the youth group all the time was, All you ever do is change the old for new. Because that is what our God does. And now maybe you look at this verse and you'd say, all right, Joey, so this is God speaking to Isaiah for the Israelites at this time. But God is saying this to us tonight too, because he is in the business of constantly sanctifying us, of constantly making us new. He's always doing that. That's why I love that song lyric so much. It's because God always wants to be transforming us, always bringing change into our lives. And so it's so important that we see that, that you know that. That God wants you to change just as bad as you want to change. But he never makes you change. He lets the decision be yours. And so you that have to grab a hold of it tonight. See, so many of us just sit here in our seats tonight saying, God, just change me, just do it. And God's saying, all right, why don't you take that step forward tonight towards me? Let's make this a process of us working together hand in hand. 
See, some of you guys need to start taking that step forward towards your change tonight. But God 100% wants you to change. Next verse. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God isn't intimidated by what you need to change tonight. He's saying right here that I have made a way in the hardest of lands. In the hardest of scenarios, no matter how big, no matter how scary your thing is, I am going to make a way through it. So no matter how hard you think your change is going to be, no matter how hard it's going to be to shake that addiction, those habits that you have created so deeply, God's saying that it's nothing to him. That he can make a way where it seems like there is no way. God turns the wilderness into our deliverance. That through these times, he will make a way and a path through that. That it's not too hard and it's not too scary for him, no matter what your thing is. That God makes a way in the wilderness so that we could be delivered in it. And sometimes God teaches us things in the wilderness that one day will become our deliverance because we've learned that lesson. Let's go to the next verse. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. So God's saying right here, this is for my people who I have chosen, who I have called my own. So let's go back to perspective for a second tonight. Does this sound like a God who calls you a slave tonight? Is this the kind of God that calls you enemy tonight? Even though we let our sin tell us that, even though we let the enemy tell us that tonight, that couldn't be less true. That you are his chosen person. That he loves you. And that he cares about every single person in this room. You are a son and a daughter. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you or what you will do. God loves you so deeply. Nothing you could ever do could ever change his mind about you. So stop living and thinking like a slave or an enemy when you are a son because when you get that right perspective, man, you will take leaps and bounds in your walk in your relationship with God. All right, so that's what we see from God's perspective tonight of what he says about change. And I, I hope that speaks to some of you tonight who just feel like God just has given up on you. He doesn't care. That couldn't be farther from the truth. So let's go to Hebrews 12 now. And this is what our part of taking these next steps forward is and our part of bringing change. And I hope you guys will see this with me tonight. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So now, the, the author of this is saying, all right, there are a lot of people who have come before us. They're up in the cloud of witnesses, and they are rooting us on tonight. Now, we're talking about people like Moses who are up there. And they had to make some steps by faith in their life. They have done everything that we're about to read in this verse. And they are cheering us on tonight as we try and take these steps forward and bring change and move towards God in our life. And then he says this in the next verse. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The reason why so many of us can't take that step forward and we always end up taking a step back 
is because we're so entangled. Our feet are so caught up in sin. And so every time we take that one step forward, it feels like we're making some progress. But then as we get to move that next foot, that sin that is so tightly wrapped around us is pushing us back and making us take a step back every time. And so the writer tonight gets extreme with us. He says, don't just um, get rid of this. And he says, throw this sin off. Like, you need to get rid of this because that's the reason why you can't move forward. This is the reason why you haven't been able to take all the steps and bring change in your life like the way that you want to. This reminds me of Jesus speaking in Matthew 5.29. He says something extreme, and I think a lot of us need to get extreme with our sin tonight. We need to stop playing games. Because that sin wants to entangle you. It wants to wrap you up. It wants to keep you the same. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 says something very extreme. He says that if your eye causes you to sin, then pluck out your eye. He says if your hand causes you to sin, chop off your hand. Now, was Jesus saying that you should actually pluck out your eye and cut off your hand? No. What he was telling the people is is you need to do whatever it takes. You need to get that extreme. He said this. He said it's better for you to go to heaven without an eyeball than go to hell with the eyeball. He's saying you need to be so extreme with this. You need to stop playing games with it. You need to stop saying, all right, I'm going to change this. Uh, I'm going to try and make this different. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to tell someone about this. No, you need to do everything that you can to get rid of this sin that is so entangling so many of you guys. You need to talk to someone tonight. You need to set up some parameters. You need to do whatever it takes. Get extreme tonight and stop playing games. Stop playing games for that, those things that hinder you. I've prayed with a bunch of you guys lately. And I felt like this was the thing over and over that was hindering so many of you guys from really drawing close to the way that God wanted you to. And and just for a couple of people that that I prayed with that have already told their testimonies, but I'm just thinking about, for some people, it's going to be the music you listen to. And I know that seems so silly, like music. Like, really, is that going to keep me from God? Like, it's just some words. I like the beat. I'm not, like, I'm not worshiping it. Guys, but the stuff that comes in has such effects on you. It will drift you from God. And so you have to get serious with that. It doesn't seem like it's a flat-out sin, right? It doesn't seem like it's this horrible thing. But those words that you hear become things that you start to believe. And it, and it begins to, to um, be your lens for life. And you start to believe these things, and it's so dangerous. For some of you guys... Let's just get real extreme. You need to delete Instagram tonight. You need to delete Twitter. You need to get off your computer. You need to get some filters on it. Because you just are so tempted whenever you go on those things. Listen, it is better to live life without those things than to suffer with this constant battle that you are always going through. So yeah, so no, so what? You're not on a social media app. Wouldn't you rather be free? And it's going to take you getting extreme to beat some of these things. Guys, I've been there. I've done these things in my life. 
And I oftentimes didn't find breakthrough until I got extreme like this, until I took these measures like Jesus was talking about, like Paul was talking about. There's a story about Alexander the Great, and his men were advancing in Persia. They were taking so much over. And at, throughout every point, they were bringing in all of this. Um, they, they, they were just taking in all of the, um, just the, the treasure that they were finding from all these places that they were conquering. And the men were carrying it, and they were making it a part of, of just like their bags, and they were making it a part of them. And at, during one of these battles, they almost lost and Alexander the Great was examining this. And he's going, why did we almost lose this battle? We should have destroyed these people. What was hindering us? And one of his generals said, "Is the men are carrying too much stuff. And he, Alexander the Great ordered all the men to throw off all of those things that they had taken. And the men were really mad about this because they had loved these treasures that they had gotten from conquering all these other groups. But he ordered that they all of it would be destroyed. And as soon as they did, and when they came up to their next battle, they ran through those people. They destroyed the next um, battle that they came to. And one of the persons that said this, it was as if wings had been given to them. They walked lightly again. Some of you guys need to throw away some of those treasures that you think you have. Because it will hinder you. And it will cause you to keep tripping up. If you want change bad enough, then you'll take this writer's advice tonight. Let's go to the next verse. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, I've never run in a race before. I've never done a 5K, mostly because I don't hate myself. And I really hate running. I hate everything about it. I don't get why people would do that for fun, unless it's for a sport or something like that. Um, But Paul, uh, we we believe the, the writer of this might be Paul, but we're not completely sure who the writer of Hebrews is. But this writer says this. He says that we need to run with perseverance. And I want you guys to look at this year like a run of perseverance. It's 2016. That there are going to be obstacles. And there's going to be difficulty as you try and take that next step towards God. And you're trying to move towards change. That you're going to have to persevere in your life. That you're going to have to fight forward. That you're going to have to take steps. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be hard days, but you are going to have to persevere. Now let's go to the next verse. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. That's so important. What you focus on determines your future. What you focus on determines your future. See, if you're focusing on your failures of 2015, guess what? You're going to fail. If you're focusing on your sin, you're going to keep sinning. But if you would focus your eyes ahead on what is to come through Jesus, then you're going to be able to change. What you focus on determines your future. And some of you guys are just so caught up in the shame and the failure. And that's part of the reason why you can't change. Is God saying, leave those things behind and now let's run and persevere forward, focusing on me every step of the way as I call you forward, as I move you forward, keep your eyes focused on me, the author and the perfecter of your faith. So important that we do these things that we find tonight in Hebrews chapter 12, guys. And this is something that I think is really important 
that has helped with me, a major key right now to success. Don't start with forever. Start with today. Don't start with forever. That was often my thing is, all right, I'm going to change. I'm going to be different. And then I would get overwhelmed about how could I possibly do this for the rest of my life. It just seems so overwhelming and so scary. And one of the things that I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me was don't start with forever. Start with today. Run the race with perseverance today because that's all you have power over today, Joey. That's all you control is what's happening today. I can't be worried about how I'm going to overcome this tomorrow, about how I'm going to keep doing this tomorrow because that draws our attention. It takes our focus off what God is giving us the grace for and the strength for today when I start to worry about all those other things. If I just live today, taking that step forward and not worrying about tomorrow's step, but if I focus on today, I'll be able to do that by God's strength and God's power because there's grace in it for today. And so some of you guys, you just need to start with today. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about the failure, the shortcoming, how you messed up your New Year's resolution uh, resolution, uh, yesterday. Focus on today and how you can run this race with perseverance in this moment today. And so here's tonight's bottom line, is God is doing a new thing. Step, take steps towards it. Take those steps. Like I was telling you earlier, some of you guys need to take those steps tonight. Like we read in Hebrews chapter 12. God wants change for you. He's asking some of you guys, do you, do you feel it tonight? It's coming. I want you to feel all the things and all the breakthrough I want to bring through in your life. But you've got to take those steps towards it. In the 1992 Olympics, there was um, this runner named Derek Redman. And he had trained his whole life for the, the Olympics. He was so excited to finally be qualified to run the race. And he made it to the Olympics. And in his qualifying run, he pulled his hamstring. But he was determined that he was going to persevere. That he had worked so hard for this. That he wanted to run that race. And so the race begins. And he knows he's got a little bit of a hamstring thing. But it wasn't too bad. And he decides, I'm going to persevere through this. I want to reach the end to say that I finished an Olympic race and so he starts the race and as he's running he tweaks it even worse so badly that he can't even walk and there is a huge stadium of people watching him a huge crowd of witnesses and he tries with all his strength to get up he he had only gotten a couple of feet off the starting point and without Anyone even realizing his dad, who was in the audience, ran down, grabbed a hold of his son before anyone could stop him, before any security guards could reach him, put his son on his shoulder, and together they walked to the finish line. Now, he didn't finish in first place, but together they finished the race. They took the steps forward without taking any back. What a picture of us that is tonight. That some of us tonight, we can't do it on our strength. In fact, almost all of us can't do it on our strength. 
that we need God. But are you willing to take those first couple of steps tonight? Because your dad's going to meet you. Your dad's going to help you. He's not just saying, this is something that you need to do on your own strength. And when you lean on his strength, that's when the steps are lasting. That's when it's real change. The crowd went wild. The witnesses were cheering, just like they're cheering for you tonight in heaven. As you take your steps forward towards God, real lasting change can happen for each and every one of you. Live Hebrews 12. Know that God wants change for you tonight. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for tonight, Lord. And I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that just feels like they can't do this, Lord. I pray, God, that they would get that picture of the story I just told, Lord. That if they would just be willing to take a couple of steps of faith out tonight and to throw off everything that hinders them, God, how you would carry them through the finish line tonight. How you would help them take the steps forward without taking any steps back, God. How you would bring real, lasting change tonight. I pray, God, just for the person who doesn't even know you tonight and has just heard all of these things about a father that loves them. I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself to that person tonight, God, and that they would see how real and how much you love them. So, God, I pray tonight that a lot of us would throw those things off, God, that we would get drastic tonight with our sin, that we would get extreme with it and start dealing with it in whatever way we have to tonight, God, that we really would cut ties so that we could take those steps forward, God, and that we would run with perseverance the race marked out for us, Lord. Thank you that you're with us every step of the way, Jesus. We love you so much.